Well, good morning. Man, it is so great to be with you guys today. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here. It is uh, with great joy that I come uh, today to Orlando and, uh, and love the sunshine here. Man, it's just great to, to be with you guys today. Um, Thank you again for the opportunity to be a part of this Missions Weekend. This is just a, such a great joy. This church has a special place in my heart because it was about five years ago that I met with the leadership of this church. And as I was speaking to the leadership, there was this sense that there was a, something bigger that was supposed to happen. Something, God was, was about to do something. And we'd been living in Indonesia for about 10 years. And, and we felt like, man, God was about to do some sort of breakthrough, some sort of uh, a big move of God in Indonesia. Indonesia, and that's when we met with the leadership of this church at a, at a very strategic time. And about five years ago, this church prayed for us, and they decided we're going to partner with what God is doing in Indonesia and, and, and invest in young leaders of Indonesia. And at that time, I think I brought a photo of just a few of the leaders we were working with. Uh, about um, uh, uh, five years ago, we had about a, a handful of leaders that we were working with, about 19. Do we have that photo? That, yeah, 19. So this is what I presented to the, the team. I said, man, this is who we're investing in uh, five years ago. And then this past week, I was in Indonesia. We just finished our conference there with all our young leaders, our young church planters there in Indonesia. And now five years later, this is what we're looking at, if you want to show that. So this is what you so if you wonder like what your giving does, what your prayers do, uh, to go in five years from 19 church planters to 219 is pretty incredible. It's not just amazing, I'd say it's miraculous, all right? So, so this is a good place for you to be. You know, if you're looking for a church, if you're looking for a place to call your, your home base, this is a church that believes in reaching its neighbors, as well as the nations. And so uh, I'm, uh, it's such a great honor to be with you guys today. We'll turn to the person next to you and say Indonesia. Because most people don't even know where this country is. So let me give you a quick geography lesson, all right? If we've got India right here and Australia here. India, Australia, the 17,000 islands, 17,000 islands between India and Australia, that's the country of Indonesia. Now turn to the person next to you and say Indonesia. Because now you know where it is. When you walked in, you were like, Indo, what? Where is this place? All right, so that's the country that my wife and I and our families uh, and our team, what we're missionaries to. Now, here's the interesting thing about Indonesia. Indonesia is the fourth largest country in the world. I mean, most of us know about the three largest countries in the world, right? We know that China is the most po is the biggest country in the world. Uh, um, India is the second largest country in the world. The third largest country in the world is what? America, all right, so, but the fourth largest country in the world with over 250 million people is this island nation of Indonesia. I mean, isn't that wild? We've got all these islands and all these people, and, and most of us didn't even know where it was, right? Uh, but, but here's the thing that's really, that's really kind of captured our heart for Indonesia, and it's this. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world with over 220 million Muslims living in Indonesia alone. I mean, that's more than Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, all those Middle Eastern countries combined. So we have a huge task in front of us as your Christian missionaries to the largest Muslim country in the world. But here's what we're believing God for. 
we believe that Indonesia will be the first Muslim-majority country to come to Christ. That's what we're believing God for. That's what we're giving our, our, our lives to. And, and one of the ways that's going to happen is by reaching the next generation, is by working with Muslim young people there uh, uh, there in, Indo, in Indonesia, is by reaching the next generation. Now, let me give you some context of what it's like living in Indonesia. Everyone we know is Muslim. Now, let me explain that to you. Everyone we know is Muslim. <laughs> you know, like our neighbors to the left and to the right and across the street. Uh, you know, all, the, all our friends, kids, everyone we know, know is Muslim. Now, oftentimes we're the first Christians they've ever met. And so I love to ask my Muslim friends, I'll say, I'll say uh, you know, hey, tell, tell us what you know about, about, uh, about Christianity. Tell us what you know about what we believe. And they'll say, our Muslim friends will say, well, I know, I know you celebrate Christmas. I'm like, yeah, we do. You know, like, well, what do you know about Christmas? And, and our, our Muslim friends will say, well, I know you, you, like, you bring your tree inside the house, and I'm like, all right, fair enough, you know, all right, and, uh, uh, and you put your socks above fire, and, uh, and then they go, is it, uh, is it Jesus's cousin Santa Claus that comes and, like, brings presents for you, and I'm like, no, you know, but it gives you just an idea of how unreached or how lost um, parts of Indonesia really are. And so when we moved to Indonesia, I can remember we were trying to figure out, like, how, how do we engage a culture that won't, that won't come to us? Because for the most part, Muslim young people are, are forbidden to even step foot into a church. So, you know, this idea of we can't just go there and, like, build a church and, then, and start reaching out to the community. So we, we tried to think, like, man, God, how do, how do we engage a culture that won't come to us? How do, we, how do we start a church without starting a church? You know, how does this work? And so we prayed and we talked and we strategized and we decided, well, let's, let's, uh, let's open up an English center because... I'm already fluent in English, right? You know, like, like I speak English really good. Nobody? All right. Somebody, somebody. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that boy does speak good English. All right, so, so I get that. All right, so that's what we did. And so about in 2014, uh, 2013, 10 years ago, we opened up an English center and we started teaching English. But then we'd invite them into our, to our Bible studies. And, and what happened is, uh, is, is we started with one Bible study, but it quickly grew to five Bible studies. And these small groups uh, over the years became small groups, became larger groups, which became bigger groups. And eventually, uh, uh, five years ago, these groups got so big that we got permission from the Indonesian government to start our own church there in Indonesia. And this past Christmas, we had over 220 people worshiping with us on Christmas Day, all right? So God is doing something incredible there in Indonesia. And you guys are a part of this. This is what you are a part of, being a missions church. And this is what I was thinking about when I was thinking about Calvary here and what it means to be a missions church and, and how do we engage and how do, how do we stay involved with missions. And, and my mind thought of the story of the, uh, of, in Acts chapter 13 of the first church to send out cross-cultural missionaries. In Acts chapter 13, we, in, in the book of Acts, we read about the, the Christian movement, the way it kind of starts, the way. And, and, and up until Acts chapter 13, the Christian movement was, a, was, was really just a, 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 a homogeneous, it was just a really, uh, it was just kind of reaching the same kind of people, the same kind of ethnic people. But in Acts chapter 13, we see a, a shift take place where the, where the people of God start to re realize that, man, the, the gospel isn't just for a few, the gospel is for all. And we see the first cross-cultural missionaries sent out, meaning they go from, from their culture and they bring the gospel to a different culture. And that's what we see happen 
Oops, in Acts chapter 16. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 13. It says this. Now in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius the Cyrene, Manaean who had been brought up by Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Like I said, this is where we see a church, that the first church that believes in cross-cultural missions. This idea that we want to reach our neighbors as well as the nations. And this is what we see. We see that people pray. Did you notice that in the scripture it said, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, while they were, they were praying, and this is all that I need to know about a church. When a church prays, the result is missions. When people pray, God puts people into motion. There's something about the presence of God that mobilizes people. There's something about the presence of God that, that, that puts people into mission and changes them. Just before COVID, um, uh, before the pandemic started, uh, Tara started coming to one of our campus ministries. She was a, a young university student, a Muslim young person, and, and kind of figuring out what she was going to believe as a, as a university student. She, she was invited into our English community and joined one of our Bible studies. And, and I can remember when, the, when we had to go online only. When the pandemic started, we went online for 54 weeks. Online only for 54 weeks. And so when we moved everything from in-person to online, I thought, man, we're going to lose all this momentum. We had about 100 Muslims involved in Bible study. We're going lose them all going to online. But the opposite happened. More Muslims got engaged. More Muslims got involved because there was a certain amount of anonymity, whatever that word. Uh, uh, there was a certain amount of uh, uh, secrecy they could have, you know, like logging in online, right? And, and so it was just amazing to see in those 54 weeks people not di disengaging, but more people engaging in who Jesus was and, and even attending our churches online. And Tara was one of those young ladies. So when we finally were able to start meeting in person and have our small groups again, uh, she joins one of our small group Bible studies. She's coming every week. She's not quite following Jesus yet, but she's what we call front sliding. You never hear of that? You know, you've heard of backsliding. She was kind of sl front sliding, sliding towards Jesus. And, uh, and, and her friends, her small group leaders, were getting frustrated because they would, they'd invite her to church, but Tara would say, oh, I, I, can't, come to, I can't come to church. So her small groups said, uh, said to her, uh, well, why don't you, why don't you come to, to prayer meeting with us, all right? Because Muslims got to pray, right? So, so come to our Thursday night prayer meeting. Tara comes on Thursday night, and I'll never forget that night. As I'm standing in the front leading the, the prayer time, I see Tara off to my left. And she's just sitting in the back row crying and crying and crying. And as the prayer meeting ends, her small group gathers around her. And I see them talking and praying together. And then they bring her up to the front. And, and, they, and Tara says, Pastor Jamie, man, I, I want to know Jesus like you know Jesus. And in that moment, we prayed together. We cried together. And I thought, wow, a daughter of Islam has become a child of God. Amen. And man, just an incredible thing. That I, and I couldn't help but think to myself, I could not but think to myself, man, the community keeps a person coming, but it's the presence of God that changes a life, right? It's, there's something about the presence of God that brings life change to somebody. And, and how does someone, and I was trying to think, like, how does someone like Tara come to faith? Is it because of, because of our creative programming or my great preaching? You know, I don't think so, right? 
I think it's because of the presence of God. I think it's when people like you and I pray for the presence of God. When we pray, God starts changing lives and changing nations. The atmosphere changes. People's hearts and their minds begin to get, become open, and, and the Holy Spirit comes in, begins to change, change people's lives. And so, church, I want to encourage you guys today to continue to pray for us, your missionaries, because that's how lives get changed, not just by, by faithful, uh, faithful give, generous giving, but there's something about a church that prays that people's lives get changed. So continue to pray. Continue to pray for us, your missionaries, and all the missions and ministries that you guys support all around the world. Because to be a missional church means that people pray. And every time we pray, God speaks. That's the pattern we see here in the scriptures. People pray and God speaks. It said this in the passage of scripture. It said this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. I tell my young leaders this all the time. I say to them, um, I'd rather have you hear one word from God than a thousand sermons from me. There's just something about hearing the voice of God. Like so many young people we work with there in Indonesia, Neely came, came into our ministry broken and hurting. She had, she'd come from a very abusive family and background, and, and she'd spent years trying to heal her, 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 the hurt in her heart by, by drugs and relationships and just uh, a terrible behavior. And, and, and finally, she met one of the young people in our, in our ministry who invited her to a youth retreat, to a, to a retreat. And, and, and she, she thought, well, I might as well give Jesus a try. I've tried everything else, right? And so she comes to one of our retreats, and at that retreat, she found the, 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 the healing and the deliverance that she needed. But her story didn't end there. Because when she came back from retreat, she quickly got involved with the ministry and, 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 to our, and became a student leader right away. And she, she begins reaching out to other young people who have the same hurt and abusive background that she did. And she becomes this small group leader and starts leading this, this large group of students. And, and my wife and I, we could see the call of God on her life. But her degree was in communications, and we, we didn't want to pull her away from the direction where, where she felt like her life was going. But then a couple weeks later, she comes to my wife and I, Tasha and I, and she says, oh, Pastor Jamie, I, I feel like God's calling me into ministry, but, but I don't know how to, how to do that. And I was like, well, I know how. You know, so, so, you know, it was great. Because after, after that, you know, I, uh, uh, we, after she graduated, we invited her onto our ministry staff. And it was just incredible to see for the next two years to watch her grow in pastoral ministry, to grow as a preacher and a teacher and a disciple maker, just an incredible thing she, she was doing. And then about two years ago, she comes back to us again. And she says, Pastor Jamie, I... I feel, like, I feel like God's calling me to, to go and plant a church. What? You know, it, was like, it was just like six years ago that you were on drugs, and now you want to go plant a church? You know, this is just an incredible thing. So we're like, yes, let's figure out how we can, can go plant a church. That was two years ago. And, and now today, this Sunday in Indonesia, Mealy, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Mealy is pastoring a church with over 25 new believers there in Indonesia. And, and do you want to know the kind of people she's reaching out to? The broken, the hurt, and the abused. Because God has this way of taking what's broken and making it beautiful.
doesn't he? He's just got this way. He took the brokenness of Mealy and turned it into something beautiful. And I got to believe today that there's some Pastor Mealy's in the house. That, man, you might have come from a broken and abused background, but God is transforming you into something beautiful. That God's got purpose and he's got plan for your life. And I even got to say, I want to put this invitation out here, that, that some of you, God is even stirring in your heart to step into ministry or to step into missions, to come and join us in Indonesia to, for, for, or, or on one of your short-term trips. Say, I'm willing to commit a week to Colombia. I'm willing to go to Thailand for a week. Some of you, God is saying, hey, I want you to give year, if you're a young person in here, uh, man, maybe God is stirring in your heart to give a summer or to give a year to missions. And I, and I love this idea of, of some of us who, are, who might be a little older in age. And, and God is saying, hey, why, why don't you take these next couple years of your life and step into missions? Our, our team and our ministry is filled with 20-somethings. And man, we, I, I mean, I'm 46 and we're the oldest people in our ministry. And our young people long for some some gray hairs, all right? So I'm getting there. I'm getting there, all right? Uh, I think I'll have no hair before I have gray hair. But, uh, but, uh, uh, but man, so I'm, you're, if you're at that age, man, God would love for you to step in to something overseas. Maybe God is stirring in your heart. I got to believe that in a place like this, God is stirring some of our hearts. Because we see in the scriptures, when people pray, God speaks and the church sends. That seems to be the pattern. People pray, God speaks, the church sends. And that's what we see here in the scriptures. Do you remember how, how that verse ended that I said, that I read earlier? It said this, so after they'd fasted and prayed, the leadership, the church placed their hands on them and sent them off. So you see what's happening here. I want to kind of explain what's happening here. The scripture say, said, set apart for me these two, these two, Saul and Barnabas, for the work to which I've called them to. So I think it's important for us to understand if we're going to be a missions church, that it says set apart for me these two to go and do cross-cultural ministry. The scriptures didn't say set apart everybody to move to Indonesia, sell everything they know, raise their kids in a Muslim culture, you know, do all that. No, it said, it said set apart for me these two. Two, because the rest of y'all have to stay in Orlando and serve the church and, and, and reach the community all around you and send missionaries to work cross-culturally. That's usually where I get the biggest amen in the sermon, all right? Because, because I get it, all right? Because I get this idea that, that most of y'all are, are saying, Lord, Send him, Lord. Send him. Right? You know, like God bless him. Better him than me, right? You know. So I get this. I want to take some pressure off you today and say, man, not all of y'all are coming to Indonesia, right? Most of you, if not almost all of you, need to stay here. This is your Antioch. This is the place where God has called you to serve the ministries of this church to send missionaries overseas. This is where you need to be, because I get it. Most of y'all are like my mom, all right? My mom loves to say this. My mom's in the house today, actually. My mom loves to say, Jamie, I'm a sender, not a goer, all right? And so I look around this place and I realize that, that most of us here in this place are probably more of the senders than the goers. And I want to say, that's all right. That's where you need to be. And that's what missions is all about. That's what it means to be a part of a missional church. That you're called to serve your church and support the work of global missions. 
You're called to serve your church and support the work of global missions. And that's exactly what the faith promise is all about. When you walked in today, you should have received a faith promise card. And this is probably the best expression for your support for global missions. This is the easiest way for you to express that I'm going to serve my local church and support the work of global missions. Because when you give to missions, when you commit your resources and your prayers to missions, there's something, there's something significant that's happening whether you know it or not. God is at work changing lives and changing nations. And here's how the faith promise works. Number one, I want to just kind of introduce some of you to this concept of missions giving or or faith promise. I realize that this church is growing and there's a lot of new people coming in. And so, so what I, what, what's a great thing about this church is, is this church has a global vision that when you join this church, when you're a part of Calvary Orlando, you are linking arms with ministries and missionaries all around the world. It's a church that believes that the gospel is for all people everywhere. So I want to introduce you to missions. But secondly, I want to I don't invite you to pray and ask, ask the Lord, Lord, what part do I need to play? What are you speaking to me on how I can be a part of global missions? Maybe I'm not a goer. Maybe my, my role is to send. So, Lord, what commitment do I need to make to be a part of it? And you ask the Lord, Lord, what, what do you want me to give? How, how can I be a part of it. Because there's something that happens when we partner with the heart of God. And number three, I want to ask you to invest your resources. What is God speaking to your heart to invest your resources? It's the prayer of the leadership of this church that everyone who calls this their church home makes a faith promise. It's the prayer of the leadership that everyone who's a part of this church makes a faith promise promise, both large and small. It's your way of saying, I want to be a part of this. I, I don't want to watch other people do this. I want in on this. What part can you play in the global mission of this church? This is this idea of it's above and beyond my tithe. I want to commit myself to global missions. And that's what a faith promise is. A faith promise is an opportunity for you to invest your resources above and beyond your tithe to support the global mission of this church. Because this church believes in long-term support for cross-cultural foreign missionaries. This is the boots-on-the-ground worker. And your faith promise keeps these ministries going and missionaries on the field. And I got to believe the Holy Spirit is already stirring hearts today. That as we talk about missions, there's something about partnering with the heart of God, the heart for the nations, that God begins to stir our hearts. And the faith promise is probably the most tangible way for you and I to express our heart for missions. I want to show you guys a video today of what your missions giving does. You guys can show that video when you're ready. Reach the campus, change the nation. 
With more than 220 million Muslims, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. Yet, it's strategically positioned to see a mighty move of God. I can't help but think of Jesus' words in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. The harvest is ripe, the harvest is ready, but the workers are so few. So what are we supposed to do? Pray for more workers. And that's exactly what we're asking you to do to partner with us to raise up more workers. So here's what we've got. We've got a goal and we've got a game plan. The goal, Indonesia to be the first Muslim-majority country to come to Christ. And one of the ways that's going to happen is by reaching the next generation. To make this happen, we need to multiply and mobilize more young leaders. So here's the game plan. We are making a two-year goal to see 40 local church-based campus ministries planted. For just $1,000, we can plant a new campus ministry. As missionaries, we know at the end of the day, it's got to be Indonesians reaching Indonesians. And that's exactly what we want to be about. So even more than finances, we need workers. Your giving provides the training and the resources to see these workers rise up. Through the years, we've put together an amazing training team of Indonesian pastors who have a heart and a passion for the next generation. Would you prayerfully consider planting a campus ministry? For just $1,000, you can reach a campus that changes a nation. We invite you to partner with us to raise the $40,000 budget and more importantly, to raise up 40 campus ministry pastors. Because here's what I know, your right now resources can have a forever impact. So I made my first faith promise commitment when I was in junior high school. I still remember it. It was for $2 a month, all right? It was, and it was sacrificial giving for me as a junior higher, right? You know, I, it, was 50 cents, it was 50 cents a week, and I thought I could give up a can of Coke for missions, all right? So I made a commitment for 50 cents a week, $2 a month, and as a, as a junior higher, I committed $24 to missions that year. Well, as a senior in high school, I discovered coffee. Coffee was a little more expensive than a can of Coke, all right? So I had to up my uh, missions giving. My faith promise uh, commitment became $5 a week. So $25 a month uh, about I gave. And as a senior in high school, I gave $300 to missions. So living generously has been a part of my life for a long time. And that's why I know and I can say your right now resources can have a forever impact. So whether it's $20 a week or $1,000 a month, I, I don't know what it's going to be for you, but I don't want you to miss this chance. This is so much bigger than just a commitment card or a pledge that you're making today. This is something that when, when we talk about faith promises, when we talk about missions, this is this idea that, that I'm partnering my faith with God. I'm partnering with God to see the gospel to all people everywhere. And so today I'm going to ask you to grab that card if you have it near you. Because I want to say a prayer for us today. 
you've been introduced to this and I've invited you to pray. And so, so we want to just take a moment now and pray, God, what are you speaking to me? What part do I need to play? How can I partner with what you're already doing? How can I, how can I have some skin in the game? How can I be a part of what you're doing? God, would you speak to my heart and what you'd have me to give? So this morning, let's spend a moment and let's pray and ask the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that your heart is for our neighbors and the nations. And we're a part of a church that, that wants to be in on that. That, that this is, We have a global vision that we realize that the kingdom of God is, is, is international. The kingdom of God is so much bigger than we could even, even imagine. And so, Lord, today, as we hold these faith promise cards, as we celebrate what you're doing all around this community and all around the world, Lord, we want to be a part of it. Lord, what would you have us to give? What would you have me to give? How can we be a part of what you're doing? Lord, today in this faith promise, we open up our hearts to receive by faith what you would have us to do, what you would have us to give. So Lord, grant us the faith to believe for bigger and better things, not just here, but all around the world. And so, Father, I pray you'd bless these, this church as they look beyond themselves and say, Lord, what impact do we need to have in 2023? I bless the people now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone says together, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks so much, Pastor Kevin. If you want to come up and give us some instructions. Well, while you're filling that out, maybe you already have, we're going to receive it in just a minute. We're going to have everybody stand, and the worship team is going to sing a song. We'll have some buckets placed up front, and you can bring those to the altar. We just wanted these to be a little bit different than just dropping something in a bucket unless you need assistance. We will bring buckets to you. But these are seeds, and we're asking God to do something special through these pledges. And we really felt like, God, we want it to be significant. We don't want it just to be a token thing. We want it to be something that we come and bring to that altar and say, Lord, if you partner with me, we want to do this. I want to encourage you as you're filling that out, a couple of things. One, I want to remind us something that was in that scripture, and Pastor Jamie mentioned it. God said, set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work I've called for them to do. These missionaries and these works, these are assignments that God has purposed. So God has said, I will change Indonesia. I will revolutionize Indonesia. That's the will of God. And then what God does is he says, I'm going to do this. Then he looks over to us, Calvary Orlando, and he says, do you want to partner and put seed in what I'm about to do? Here's the thing. We can miss those opportunities because with or without us, God is going to do his will. And so these are moments that we get the privilege of partnering with what God's about to do so that we can have seed in those harvest fields. I want us to see it a little different. I want us to see that when you hear of projects here that God has established in his will saying, I'm going to do this, these are us saying, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. That's what these 
missions, pledges, and promises are. It's us saying, God, we see what you're doing, and we want to have seed in those fields so that we can be a part of. We mentioned this Friday night at the missions banquet, but the Bible tells us that God speaks the end from the beginning. Why? Because God's already there, and then he speaks to us on this side of the timeline. At the end of our Bibles, in the book of Revelation, we see a great throne room, and in that throne room, it is crowded by seas of people of every tribe and every tongue. That's the end of this story of the earth. And we have to ask ourselves the question, how do all those ethnic groups get to that throne room worship service? Is it possible that God is showing us the end from the beginning, that God is showing us the heavens are filled with all of these beautiful cultures and people and that somehow, some way, what we're about to do here in 2023 in Calvary, Orlando, what we're about to do here is going to create the opportunity for those individuals to come to hear about Jesus and we see them in the book of Revelation, that we get to be a part of filling that throne room with these ethnic groups, these language groups, these people groups. See, to me, that, that heavenly throne room doesn't just happen. It's caused by the church of Jesus doing what we're doing right now, giving and sending. Are you hearing me, church? So that's why I don't want you just to fill out the paperwork and put it in. I want us to see us as a part of what God has established and we get the privilege, say privilege, of being a part of that. There's two words we want to sow into your spirit. The first one is plan. We want you to make a plan. We really do desire 100% participation in missions. Everyone should and can do something. What's the plan? It means I absolutely know I can do this. Without any faith at all, zero faith at all, I can give this. Our family can give this. $20, $100 for the year, $500 for the year. Without any faith at all, you know you can do this. That's the plan. But then we want you to take one more breath and pray one more prayer and ask God for vision. God, what, if you get involved with our finances and if you get involved with our family, what could we do? What, do, what would we believe for? What could faith in God do this year more than just the plan? See, we know we can do this without any faith. This is just us all participating. But God, if you'll get involved, this is really what's in our spirit. This is what I believe you're speaking to me to do. And if you're speaking to us to do it, then we believe you'll bring it through our hand. And if you bring it through our hand, we'll be faithful to put it in the soil. We'll be faithful to plant it. Please, this is not a bill. This is not something to be feared. This is not putting you into some sort of spiritual debt. This is you taking a faith promise saying, God, if you'll put it in my hand, I'll put it in the soil. Do you hear me, church? All that needs to happen here is just joy in this. This is not burdensome. This is not irksome. This is faith saying, God, if you put it in my hand, I will put it in the soil. So one more time, let's take a pause. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have established these things in the earth that we are a part of, we believe to be the greatest final harvest of this planet. 
And that heavenly throne room will be filled with every tribe, every tongue, every people group. And we get to be a part of partnering with making that happen. God, I ask that you help us. We can, in the natural, make a plan. But God, we're asking you to give us a vision beyond that. Beyond just what we could do with not even think about. God, what are you telling us to believe for? You gave us faith as a muscle. You gave us faith to believe for more, bigger things, things that we can't even ask, think, or imagine, things that are the unseen things. Lord, we ask that you give us a, a vision from God today about what you would bring through our hand. And Lord, we make a commitment. If you bring it through our hand, we will be faithful to plant it in the soil that souls may be saved all around the world. Our missionaries will be taken care of. God, we give you thanks. And we will write down and be faithful to do whatever you put in our heart to do in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, church, say amen. And I will echo also what Pastor Jamie said, and that's this. We've done a lot of work over the last few months getting church in order. And one of those things is reminding us that the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe goes to the local church, which is the storehouse, to make sure that the local church keeps going. Because if the local church goes away, then we won't have a church to send these missionaries. Are you hearing me, church? So that first and best 10% goes to the storehouse. And so this faith promise is God out of that 90%, which how many of you know God will give that, make that 90% go farther than the 100%? Come on, celebrate God's faithfulness. Amen. The tithe is God's already. We don't even consider that. That's already his. But out of that 90%, God, what would you have me give? and we'll be faithful to give that. Go ahead and stand. Worship team's gonna sing, and as they sing, you can bring your pledge cards to the altars. There will be some ushers in the aisles to help you if you don't wanna maybe walk this far. Many of you gave pledge cards on Friday night. Thank you for that. Then we'll just worship and sing and praise God while everyone else is making their pledges. Let's go ahead and sing, and then we'll dismiss right after we worship together.
Let's do this. First of all, I want to give you a testimony, and that's this. The missions committee has met with Pastor Jamie, and he was able to express that need of 40000 And so Calvary, we've made a commitment of $50,000 above and beyond what they ask. So that's paid for. In Jesus' name, it's done. Praise God. We can celebrate that, church. That's awesome. I love that. That's what we get to be a part of. It's exciting. Our mission's goal this year, our hope, is that we go from 700,000 and let's crack that million. Can we believe God for that million dollar number? Is that okay? So we're believing God. So let me pray, I'll bless you and dismiss you. But before I do that, I wanna give you an opportunity today to receive Jesus as your savior. This is all about missions. And some of you in this room today are standing here and you're God's 
mission field that he's looking into your heart right now saying, I'll go all over the world, but I see you right here, right now. You know, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we send missionaries, because we want to help all of God's kids. We want to reach every single person everywhere, and that it means right here too, right here in this room. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages and penalty of sin, it's death, separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And the Bible tells us how to do it. It says, all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so it's an opportunity for you today to call on the name of Jesus Christ to save you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to bring you into the family of God. And so if everyone will just stand up real quick, I want to give an opportunity and we'll pray that we're going to dismiss. Could you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute? You say, Pastor Kevin, that's me. I don't remember a time in my life that I've ever given Jesus Christ my life. Or you may say, you know, I used to have a relationship with the Lord, but I walked away. If I'm honest, I'm not where I should be, but I would like to restart, to reconnect with the Lord today. When I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to courageously raise your hand right where you are with everyone's head bowed and their eyes are closed. I'll look, but they won't. And you just say, you know what? I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. I'm ready to reach out and call on him, or I'm ready to recommit my life to him. And I'll be honored to pray a prayer with you right there at your seat. So are you ready? Let me give you that opportunity. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just put your hand up wherever you might be today and say, I need to get right with God. Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up and we will pray for you today. There's a hand right there. I see you. There's a second hand back there. Awesome. Praise God. Anyone else today? I need to get right with the Lord. Just put your hand up. There's a third hand. Wow. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Anyone else? All right, church, let's pray together, would you please? So that no one is praying by themselves. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and fallen away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins wash me cleanse me make me new fill me with your holy spirit take every part of me now be my god thank you for saving me in jesus name amen would you celebrate those three that raised their hand welcome home god bless you today amen Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.